Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, how many loves the Lord this morning? Amen? How many appreciates everything He does? Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap today. Let's thank Him that in the middle of summer, praise God, or the beginning of summer, we can, we can move forward. I just want to talk to you today about some things in July we're going to look at. And for the next three to four weeks, we're going to be maybe five, talking about getting your head on straight. How many of you have been told to get your head on straight? Look at your neighbor and say, has anybody ever told you to get your head on straight? Do something with your head. And, and the truth is, we know according to the Word of God that our head, which is part of our soul, our mind, our emotion, our will, and our intellect, we know that our head is, a, is the battleground. This is the battleground. This is where, this is life and death. The battleground, the tongue's, the tongue's in the head. Whatever your head is full of, your tongue's going to spit out. Say it again. Whatever our head is full of, our tongue's going to spit out. And the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, we're going to speak also. But the head and the heart work together. And some definitions, they're almost the same. But there's a distinction between the head and the heart. We know in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that God says that holy, our spirit, soul, and body will be consecrated. So it's three parts, spirit, soul, and body. We went over that, and for time's sake, we're not going over again. But we must understand we have three different compartments to our life. Our spirit, we're spirit being. We look like what we look like on the outside is what we look like in the spirit. In other words, when you have questions, well, I recognize my family in heaven, absolutely, they're going to look like they did when they left, except according to Scripture, and probably they're going to look younger, probably most people say in their 30s range. So... Anyway, you're going to be able to recognize them. It's not like, I used to ask pastors so many questions. I know they got tired of me. Because I used to, how many used to watch Casper the Friendly Ghost? I used to watch Casper, so I'm thinking, when they'd say Holy Ghost, I'd ask the pastor, was that, it, it, does, does my great uncle look like Casper? Well, I know him. And you know, uh, most of the time they didn't have an answer to give me. So thank God we can grow up and look for ourselves. Amen? So as we look in uh, um, Proverbs 23, let's look at verse verse 7, for it says this, Proverbs 23, verse 7, we're going to look at some scripture here today, and we're talking about getting our head on straight, we're talking about misidentification, we're talking about being um, identified by wrong things in this world except the word of God in a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Let me just, let me just say this, religion wants us to do stuff, religion wants us to do stuff, jump through hoops, make certain requirements, do this. But Jesus wants us to be something. There's a difference between doing and being. If you think about it, Jesus never went over 200 miles from his house, never was married, uh, never held a public job outside of working for his stepfather. Um, all those things, but he became the most important figure that ever lived on the earth simply because he understood what he was here for. It wasn't doing, it was his being. And that's what God wants us to learn to do is live through our being. That Christ can live through us and Christ, the eternal hope of glory, can be a blessing to people 
and so forth. Look what it says in Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as, he, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as a man thinketh, man or woman, boy or girl, thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we're going to be talking about the power of thinking, the power of renewing our mind, the power of getting rid of wrong thoughts. How many's had a wrong thought this week besides Pastor Pat? How many's had a negative thought this week? How many's had a self-depreciating thought this week? You're too old, you're too young, you're too big, you're too little. You, you should have this, you should drive that, you should wear this. How, how, many, how many fights the spirit of comparison besides Pastor Pat sometimes? And, you know, I, I, go to, I go to conventions and conferences, and I'm honored to go, and sometimes I get to speak in, in front of large amounts of people, two or 3,000 people sometimes. It's, it's an honor to come from home here and, and do that. But, you know, sometimes you go to a church where the choir's bigger than your congregation. How many knows that can affect your head if you let it? I mean, they line up the choir, it looks like half the size of Carrollton. But you can't do that. The, Paul said it's not wise to compare yourselves to others. See, while you spend energy, you and I comparing ourselves to others, we can't spend energy on being ourselves. Look at your neighbor and say, I need to focus on me right now. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about getting our head on straight. Uh, sometimes life has knocked our head around sideways. Sometimes there's been loss. Sometimes there's been uh, neglection, rejection. There's been pain and knocked our head off. And sometimes life's happened, slapped us in the face. How many's ever had life slap you in the face? No warning. Sometimes we've made wrong decisions. And the truth is, if we are not thinking straight, we're going to make wrong decisions. We're going to make wrong decisions. If we're not thinking straight, thinking straight according to the Word of God. 1 John 1, I'm not going to get into it for time's sake, but 1 John 1, chapter 1, talks about light versus darkness. Light versus darkness. How many knows the Bible says Jesus is light? How many knows the Bible says we're living in darkness? Amen. How many has to deal with people all week long that are full of darkness? Amen. How many knows we've got to love on them and pray for them? How many say amen? See, they probably believe that church is a, a group of people about rules and regulations instead of relationship. How many knows it's all about relationship? It's all about living together, doing life together, and understanding who we are in Christ and what we have in, in the Lord and so forth and so on. So, as a man thinketh and pondereth and continually meditates on. That's what we're going to be doing. Let's, go, let's turn back to Joshua chapter, um, chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. How many loves the Word? I'm going to tell you a couple stories this morning. I think I'll stick with you. Um, in fact, I'm going to show you one. Um, as soon as I find Joshua. Um, and one of the stories has to do, both of them have to do with, uh, with uh, farming. Boy, my mind went blank. Somebody tell me Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Where's Joshua? Pastor Pat's mind went blank. I've, uh, it's after Deuteronomy? I'm not having a stroke. Nobody panic. I've done this... Um, Tell you what, this is could be a little embarrassing if I thought enough of myself. Anybody ever have a time like this? Well, there it is. Good to see you, Joshua. Hallelujah. Anyway, I, I don't have any excuse except that my dog's gone and I can't find my cat. But anyway, 
Amen. Uh, while we're doing that, let's pray for some people. Alberto's still healing up in uh, Mexico. Daniel's still healing up down on the corner of the street. Um, Brooke's dad's had some issues, but doing better. Um, let's just, um, and um, Jim Proctor uh, passed this week. And um, how many knows Miss Linda Proctor and the kids? We're going to have a celebration of life Saturday. So let's just pray for those people going through life, okay? Father, we thank you today that I found Joshua. Hallelujah. <laughs> And we thank you that we can stand in agreement for total healing for these people physically and total healing for those of us who are going through things maybe emotionally. And Father, we thank you that we can celebrate life with Miss Linda and her children this weekend. And Thank you we can just do life together. And Father, I give you praise today and give you honor of what you started. You're going to finish, it, finish in us. And Father, help us that we can straighten, straighten our outlook on life, straighten our heads, put our head on straight by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, and allow the helmet of salvation to cover our mind so we can honestly understand what's coming from you and what's coming from the enemy. We give you praise for that, and everybody said amen. amen. And look at your neighbor and say, thank God, Pastor found it. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, look what it says here. This is after Moses has died. This is a new season in Joshua's life. And Moses had an assistant, and he was Joshua. And God had to tell Joshua that Moses was dead it's over in verse 2 he says arise and go over Jordan and to all this people to the land which I'm giving to them the children of Israel every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I will give to you said Moses as I said to Moses and he goes on describes where they're going to be given and then verse 6 he says be strong and of good courage everybody say be strong, be strong. everybody say good courage. good courage it takes strength and it takes courage to step into a new season. Strength and courage to step into a new season. And we can't view the new season exactly like we viewed the last season, thus getting our head on straight. You know, Paul said when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I talked like a child. I acted like a child. So how many knows, how many's ever been accused of never growing up besides Pastor Pat? Well, sometimes that's good. It has medicinal purposes. But how many knows we've got to grow up? How many knows you got to grow up and pay? How many knows if you don't pay your car, they'll come and get your car? If you don't make your mortgage, they'll come and get your house or wherever you live, your trailer. How many knows there's responsibilities when we grow up? How many knows people are going to hold us accountable when we grow up? And that's what Paul is saying here. He's teaching us that when we grow up, we're going to talk different, act different. And, and back to Joshua. God telling Joshua, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. The past generation did not straighten their thinking. The past generation did not obey God. The past generation did not seek God's face. So that generation basically died in the wilderness. And a new generation's come along. And here the Word of God is telling Joshua, you're going to divide this inheritance to the new generation. Verse 7, he again says, Only be strong and courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, but you may prosper wherever you go. 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I want you to prosper and be in health as your what? Your soul. That's your mind. Listen, guys, listen. We're either going to download what God's put into our mind from the Word of God, or we're not going to be able to download that, and we're going to let the world answer godly questions. Thus, there's going to be confusion. The enemy is the author of all confusion. Let's say it again. The enemy does not want you to fulfill your purpose in the earth. 
How many here is born again on your way to heaven? Just raise your hand. Okay. You're on your way to heaven. Now, he ain't going to do anything about that. You know, he's going to ask us, he's going to ask us to follow him and get confused along the way. And as we do those things, and as we move forward, you know, we're either going to move more toward darkness or more toward light. Now, we're born again today. We're in the light. But how many knows we've got to continually be receiving the light? Renewing our mind with the Word of God. Some of us have grown up in families where failure was more than wins. Some of us grew up in families where sickness was normal. Some of us grew up in families where lack was normal, where there wasn't stability. Some of us grew up in families where the marriage wasn't strong. We can't do anything about that, but I have good news for you today, and I, in the family of God, we can change those things. We can pass down godly instruction and love to our children and grandchildren and things can be changed forever and ever and ever. And that's what God is about. So the devil can't do anything about your eternal salvation. Here's what he wants. He wants you to not fulfill your legacy in the earth. He doesn't want you, one, to find your purpose, two, to submit to the training and the schooling of stepping into that purpose, and three, to the distribution of your purpose in the earth. He does not want you to win in life. Usually I talk about football. I'm going to take a break today because the football season hasn't been enacted. And I know everybody's saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to talk about the NBA a minute. Let me tell you a little bit about the NBA. The NBA, it's, it's a big business and so forth and so on. Um, people getting paid uh, extraordinary amounts of money to play a game. And, and the Bible talks about in the last days, you know, the value of education and reasoning and so forth. Anyway, I'll make a statement. Now, most people don't care, but I'm just going to make a statement, and, and it, it's, people can take it and, and live with it. In the day, and maybe even today, you could go pick a team of streetball players from Philadelphia, Chicago, New York, San Antonio, Miami, Dallas, San Francisco, anywhere, including some small towns. And you could pick up some of these streetball players who did not make right decisions, who did not heed and follow their college scholarships and the opportunities. And some of them grew up in really, really tough places where people were shot on a daily basis. But I stand here and tell you, you could pick up a team of streetball players and beat NBA teams. Now think about that. And because of choices and decisions and things that happened in their families and things wasn't their fault, that, that doesn't get to happen. I want to encourage you today to know more where, wherever you are today, whatever age you're at, wherever we are, that you can live out the rest of your life. You and I can get our head on straight. We can begin to think according to the word versus the world. And we can have victory after victory as we learn how to trust God with everything we have. Let me say amen. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law, the word which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand. Do not turn to the left so that you may prosper in wherever you go. Then he says in verse, verse 8, this book of the law shall, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Everybody say meditate. Whatever you're full of, you're meditating, marinating. Whatever you're full of, whatever you take in in abundance, you are meditating on or it's marinating in your heart. 
So as we walk with the Lord and we grow in His Word and we trust the power of the Holy Ghost, there's going to be meditation and there's going to be results. When we meditate, that means to say out loud, to rehearse, to ponder, to sing, to hum. When we say those things, it says, then you're going to do according to all that's written. For then, look at this, verse 8, then you will make your way prosperous. Then I will. Then you'll have good success. Wow. So it's on me. Have I not commanded you, verse 9, again, be strong and, good and very courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So we have these promises. That the word of God will change my life. It will change my lifestyle. That a relationship with Jesus will take me out of darkness into light. That I can begin to be led by the Spirit of God and begin to walk in victory and victory. I don't know where your victories are today, but I do know God tells us what to think on. What to think on. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. What to think on. The Bible teaches us that there's a difference between light and darkness. You're in the light. We want to illuminate the light we have. Philippians chapter 4. Look at verse 6. It says, be anxious or careful for nothing. How many here is worried this past week besides Pastor Pat? How many fretted over something? How many said it out loud? How many's ever said this? I just love them to death. That you, hopefully they don't take that literally. How many knows we say things like that? That scared the life out of me. These are things that we just grew up with because we've absorbed what we've grown up in. And some of us have been very good, but some of us have been not so good. Some of it challenges the Word of God. Some of it goes against the Word of God. Some of us have been falsely identified by family and friends and life itself as you know, you're not going to do too good, and you've always been in the line. And anybody here, anybody here ever been the last to be chosen for a game or a sport? Anybody here been looked over, passed over? You know, anybody here been, I'll tell you the other side, anybody here been required to do something you wasn't qualified to do, but you were required by your last name or somebody thinks you could do it? They just threw you in the front? Get up there, you're blah, 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 it's your name, you should be able to blah, blah, blah. They never ask you, they just throw you right in the front. I'm, I'm here to encourage you and me this morning that we can learn to get our head on straight and we can learn to, to think according to the Word of God. Look what it says. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, i got to deal with anxiety. i got to deal with the, the worry and begin to tell God about all of it with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, thanking Him knowing He is the answer. Let your requests be made known to God. When I do that, when you do that, verse 7, the peace of God, woo-wee, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart, look at this, and your mind through Christ Jesus. We could say it this way. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, we don't understand things. Sometimes there's things beyond us and there's things going on. How many's got a family member sick right now? It's going through things. You know, John Pence, praying for, praying for John and <clears throat> all of our family members. And listen, our job is to believe God, to speak what God says, and to stand as if the manifestation has already happened. Listen, guys, faith isn't when the manifestation happens. Faith is when we pray Amen. and we declare Amen. and we speak to the mountain without doubting in our heart. And it says here, look, it says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That takes me and you out of trying to figure it out. 
Let's just say that this morning. Say, Father God, thank you I don't have to figure it all out. Revelation is bigger than reasoning. And I trust you with my heart and my mind. Shall guard your heart, that also could mean spirit, and your minds, which could mean soul, through Christ Jesus. And then he says, meditate on these things. Think on these things. Ponder on these things. Read these things. Say them out loud. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything worthy of praise, meditate on these things. Notice they're all positive. Notice they're all positive. Notice they're all created in the Spirit of God. Notice they have a good end in mind for you and me. He says, meditate on these things that are, that are noble, that are just, that are pure. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything worth praising, meditate, ponder, say out loud, rehearse, memorize these things. And the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul said, look at my life. I want to wind down this morning with a couple of examples. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron, so is the countenance of a friend. Basically, we become who we hang around. We become who we hang around, who we're intimate with, who we spend valuable time with, who we listen to, who we learn from, who we spend time with. But sometimes who we hang around is not the best choice. How many can say amen to that? Amen. And how many's ever gotten into trouble when you didn't hang around the right people yeah. or the right place? All the right things. So I want to close with this. So you're going to have fun with this. When I grew up, my sister and my brother and I, my, our dad, uh, he, uh, he raised horses, and he raised Belgian horses, registered horses, and he did a good job. My dad did such a good job that he sold a lot of horses to the Amish, and the Amish are very good with their horses. If you, if you know anything about the Amish, they're good with their draft horses and so forth. So dad had an eye for horses. He was good at uh, genetics and breeding and all those stuff. So we, we had horses all my life. And when Dad finally got to a place, he couldn't handle them. You know, it was the last team of horses. And I told Brooke the other day, I said, you know, I'd like to have one more team of horses just to have them one time before I leave the earth. Just one more team. I put a harness on, see them sweat. And anyway, we, we had babies. Sometimes Dad would have as many as eight mares have babies in the spring. One spring we had a baby, and its mother wouldn't give milk. Its mother couldn't provide what it needed. So dad had a choice. We're just going to put it on the bottle. How many's ever heard about feeding baby calves on the bottle? And uh, we had raised a colt or two on the bottle, but dad decided something different. He said, we're not going to feed this colt on the bottle. It was a little male horse colt. And he said, uh, I'm going to do something different. We had a cow. She was half Guernsey and half Jersey. We called her old Jersey. And you could milk her, and you could take two nubbins of corn in the middle of the field and say, Jers, and throw them down, and she'd just stand there and eat. You could take you a bucket and milk her in the middle of the field. She was so gentle. She's just, and with the Jersey in her, your milk had cream, so forth and so on. said, we're going to let Jersey raise this baby horse. And I'm thinking, well, okay, Dad, I love you, but you've lost your mind this time. But anyway, so my dad built a little wooden step. And the cow wasn't super tall. She didn't weigh over 900 pounds. And, of course, the colts, you know, he comes out pretty good size. He's, he stands as tall when he's born. 
So Dad made a little step up, little platform for old Jersey. He'd lead her up on there and hold her, and he taught that colt how to nurse that cow. Well, I'm telling you, it was a little, it was a circus for a while, a little alteration here and there, and, and we were trying to get our heads on straight, you know, this whole thing. Finally, old Jerz settled down, and that colt knew he was going to get milk. He'd done tried his mother multiple times. She didn't have milk. So he started getting his nourishment and his source of life from something different than his own. So that colt became so used to two times a day, three times a day of nursing that old cow that finally, forget the platform, that colt would find her in the field and get on his knees and nurse that cow. And we got a picture somewhere. I know we took a picture and have to dig through mom's stuff. But here come the confusion. That colt was getting nourishment from something opposite of what he should have and the colt became confused. And the colt would follow the cows instead of the herd of horses. How many times have we followed the wrong herd because we're getting something we needed? And that colt would go on. And I remember as a kid watching that colt stand up just looking, looking back and forth like, what the heck's going on? I'm getting something from something that doesn't make sense to me, and, but I know I'm getting fulfilled with this. So... As I was coming out of the office, I remembered a statement in this book I picked up, and I'd like to read it to you today. And uh, I'd like to remind you that you and I sometimes have been fed from the wrong source, and we have identity crisis. Some of us have been told that you're never going to be above. Some of us have been told you're never going to accomplish anything. Some of us have been told that if we don't act a certain way, we're never going to get anything done. And we've lived in identity crisis or getting our head on straight. And basically there was tremendous confusion with that baby horse nursing that cow. And being fed from the wrong source, he continually looked at his mother who could not supply what he needed and he was supplied from the wrong source. Now he lived and I'm sure he went to his grave a little confused between a horse and a cow. But how wrong today is our source when our children are confused over bathrooms? They've been fed from the wrong source. How wrong is it today when there's confusion in just the, the, the identity of marriage of a man and woman? How, how confusing is it today because people are being fed from the wrong source? And i like to, I like to end this today with one close quip on, t, uh, on the screen and about how Jesus wasn't confused. Here's a man who was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman, he grew up in another village. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never owned a home. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never put his foot inside a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. He never did one of the things that usually, usually accompanies greatness he had no credentials but himself the guy that wrote this said this I'm far from within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched all the navies that were ever built all the parliaments that ever set and all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man upon this earth as powerfully as that one solitary life Jesus understood the power of being and not doing. Amen. 
Now, I read that because Jesus helps us understand our purpose and place in life. And I just want to end with a, a, a quick clip here to help you understand that it's so important that we get fed the Word of God, that we have a relationship with the Lord, that we have an understanding of the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're not, we'll begin to think we're something we're not. And then people will tell us we're something we're not. And how many knows a merry heart does good like a medicine? Well, how many, any, are you young people going to have to Google this? But us older people, how many ever saw Green Acres on TV? And how many members Arnold Ziffel? Y'all remember Arnold? All right. Watch this clip about confusion of identity, and we'll close. All right, now, we're probably the only church in seven counties had Arnold on today. But listen, not only was Arnold confused, Fred Ziffel's confused. How many say amen? Eddie Albert's confused. I mean, he knows he's a pig, but he's dressed in a three-piece suit trying to farm. And Miss Gabor, she's out of her mind. So, my point is, there'll be people in our life that'll try to keep us in that pig range. They won't let us move out into what God's called us to be. But there's people also set aside that's going to challenge you to live for God, to sow your entire life to God, and let God promote you as He will. How many say amen? So I don't blame Arnold as long as they treat him like a kid. I'd be doing that too. But the key is, is God's got a plan for your life. And it's not to wind up like a pig. And when pigs, I, I was raised with pigs. Pigs will settle. They'll lay in anything. They'll eat anything. I'm telling you, God has a plan far above anything we can imagine. How many say amen? amen. I'm telling you, God today, get our head on straight. Let the Holy Ghost, let the Word of God turn our head back around to face forward. That what God starts, He's going to finish with you. And the Bible says, wide is the road to destruction, but narrow is the road to salvation. Let's get on the highway with the Lord and let's finish this thing. Let's commit and submit everything we have. Let's be, let's be the ark that other people can join on to come to meet Jesus. Let's be what God's called us to be. Let's trust God with all everything that's in our heart. Then we come to tough times like those we talked about this morning we prayed with, and with the Tingle family, with Mr. Randy, and, and, and his restorational situation. When we come to tough times, tough times will not overconsume us, but we will make it through on the other side with Christ. That we will make it out the end, that we will keep our head on straight, that we will put our hands to the plow, we will not be looking back at successes or failures, and we'll keep moving on, and we'll keep living a life, and we'll understand that there's an integrity there's a character, there's a grace on our lives to leave us, lead a significant life for Christ, and we won't be like that colt that lived out its life confused. Do I go with the horses or do I go with the cows? We won't be like Arnold. We won't be confused. We're going to be as Jesus had us and created us to be, and we're going to be, we're going to be set aside, empowered and anointed to complete what God has called us to be. And how many can say amen to that? Look to your neighbor and say, you're not a pig. Don't worry about it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for clarity of the word. We thank you today that we can put our, get our heads put on straight by the word of God, renewing our mind, casting down arguments and wrong thoughts, meditating on the word of God, things that are true and noble and just and worth praising. Father, we thank you for today. We're up and going. We're moving about. We thank you today that you're our healer, our provider, our protector. And Father God, I thank you today. It's the beginning of the rest of our life. 
So Father, we pray today for all those and others that are in our realm, our family, our friends, our, our region, our state. We pray for the youth conference, SICOM, this week, Lord. We thank you that it's going to be a changed life for every young boy and girl that goes. Father, we ask you to bless Pastor Marcus and Seven Hills and all the people who are coming to share and speak. We thank you, Lord. It'll change people's lives. And Father, we might not be able to go to camp, but we sure can camp with you every day. And I pray today that we'll continually camp with you, believe on you, trust you, and follow you. And if there's anyone here today that's never made Jesus their Lord, you're here today and you need to give your heart to the Lord, you'd love for prayer today, or you say, I used to walk with God, but I kind of went away. And I've been confused like that colt. You know, that colt was fed by a cow, but it wound up being a horse. God has word for us. He has grace for us to be his sons and daughters and be a Christian, not just do. Just live it out. Not perfect, but with hope and grace.